Turn your Bibles, please, to Ephesians chapter 5. There are some songs that are hard for me to sing. That last one is one of those, along with I Surrender All. Um, right? It's, it's easy to sing those songs. Uh, it's another thing to actually live that uh, reality out, um, especially when it comes to a topic that we have today to cover. Is there are those who would say, yeah, you can have this world, just give me Jesus. And there were those who said that even in Jesus' day. They were followers of Jesus and they followed Jesus and they said, give me Jesus. And as soon as some of the sayings of Jesus became too hard for them, they left. I find that's true today in the church today is, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. But as soon as something from Jesus is too difficult, we don't want Jesus anymore. The, the topic today is vitally important. Uh, it affects not only your home, it affects not only this church, it affects where you work. Um, this, this topic we're going to cover today causes a lot of friction, causes a lot of heat. The reason is because the biblical view um, is totally opposite of that of the world's. It diametrically opposes everything that the world has taught you, everything that the world says today. And just I would encourage you again this morning, as we sang this song, you can have all this world, just give me Jesus. I would encourage you this morning, again, as we listen to what God's Word says, right, do you really want to follow God and His Word? Because I believe, right, all of us who say we're followers of the Lord Jesus, we would say amen to that, right? We would say, I want to follow God and I want to follow God's Word. Well, if that's the case, then you need to throw off today any worldly mindset you might have in order to hear what God has to say to you today from His Word. A while back, I shared with you that, uh, that verse. I think it's so uh, just a great verse. It says, today, if you will hear God's voice, don't harden your hearts. If you'll hear God's voice today, don't harden your hearts. Don't let the things that already are in our mindset harden what God wants you to hear this morning. We have been going through the one another's, and we started with love one another. Brothers and sisters were like, amen. Yes, love one another. Bear one another's burdens. Amen. Yes. Pray for one another. Amen. Yes. Have peace with one another. Amen. This morning, we are commanded to submit to one another. Amen. <laughs> the topic today is submission. Submission. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, please. Beginning in verse 15, it says, See then that you walk circumspectly, or carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I just want to point out that God has revealed His will to us. Not only has God revealed His will through the living Word, His Son, but He has also revealed His will to us through the written Word as well. And it says, Do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing 
making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And the Lord will bless the reading of His Word again this morning. Uh, let's just look to Him in prayer. Our Father, I pray that this morning that we would um, have Jesus, that we would hear Him and only Him, that no one would be distracted uh, by this speaker up here this morning. Uh, nobody would be distracted by uh, the, the worldly mindset that we have just been so bombarded with uh, in our lives, but that we would just hear what you have to say to us this morning. Um, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You'll see here in this context, there are actually five participles uh, that are the results of a Spirit-filled life. Someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit is someone who is actually um, speaking to one another, right? In psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, it's someone who is actually uh, singing, someone who is making melody, someone who is giving thanks. And then the fifth one here really uh, relates to our relationships, and that's why we're going through uh, this series here. The fifth one that's a result of a Spirit-filled life is submitting, submitting to one another. And really, what this verse does is it actually serves as a topic phrase to introduce Paul's teaching on the Christian marriage. It's going to go into that. It's going to go into wives and husbands, children and parents, uh, slaves and their masters, or workers and their employers. It's going to go into all these things. And so submitting to one another in the fear of Christ actually acts as a topic sentence for what Paul is going to get into. Introducing this, these teachings on the Christian home. I think it's important for us to first understand is why um, this teaching on submission, why is it so diametrically opposed to what the Bible says? Well, one is that we know that we live in a world, right, where, where we are encouraged to stand up for our rights. That's what we're encouraged to do. We have the feminist movement, right, where they, they stood up for women's rights. And we have the homosexual movement, where they stood up for gay rights. We actually have some that advocate children's rights, that they can actually be free from their parental authority. Although it's funny, they'll excuse that right when it comes to an unborn child. We have PETA that promotes animal rights often over and above human rights. And guess what? Listen, brothers and sisters, if you think your rights have been violated, there's a lawyer that you can go to, and he will fight for you. You can easily find a lawyer. The world's way is this. Assert yourself. Stand up for yourself. Stand up for your rights. You don't have to take that kind of treatment. Do whatever is necessary to get your own way. Uh, James Dobson uh, shares a story which I think helps illustrate this a little bit. Is uh, There was a, a, a 10-year-old boy named Robert, and uh, James Dobson uh, was friends with a uh, pediatrician. Uh, his name was Dr. Slonecker. Slonecker. And, and, and this 10-year-old boy, Robert, had a reputation. When he would come in, the whole clinic would fear him. Uh, he actually would attack the clinic. He would actually throw files, and he would throw phones, and his passive mother would just sit there and just shake her head in bewilderment. 
Well, one of his uh, exams, uh, Dr. Slonecker had noticed that Robert had some, some, a lot of cavities. And uh, it was so bad that he, he's gonna, he was going to have to refer him to a dentist. And he was like, man, who do I refer him to? Because that will be the end of our professional friendship. Um, and so he, he knew of this one dentist who was the oldest in his practice. And he had heard that he had a way with children. And so he referred Robert to this uh, old dentist. So sure enough, when uh, Robert has an appointment, he came in. And the old dentist, he uh, had him come into the room where the chair was. And he says, uh, young man, he goes, I'm going to need you to sit in that chair. And the kid said, fat chance. And uh, the old dentist said, uh, young man, I intend for you to sit in that chair, and that's what you're going to do. So the boy's looking at him, seeing what kind of uh, comp- competition he had here. And he says, listen, if you make me sit in that chair, I'll take all my clothes off right now. The doctor said, go right ahead. And so the boy actually takes off his shirt, takes off his socks and shoes, and he's left with just his pants on. And he says, okay, young man, get in the chair. And he goes, you didn't hear me. He goes, if you make me get in that chair, I'm going to take off all my clothes and sit in that chair. Again, the dentist says, who's stopping you? Go ahead. So the boy proceeded to remove his pants and his boxers, and he's now completely naked. And guess what the boy did? He got in that chair. The man was able to fill in his cavities, right? And when he got done with the procedure, the boy says, can I have my clothes back now? And he goes, absolutely not. He goes, you can tell your mother that she can come back tomorrow and pick those up. Dobson says, can you imagine the mom's face when her son walked into the waiting room, (laughs) buck naked like the day he was born, and went home? She came back the next day to pick up his clothes. She goes, I'd like to have a word with a dentist. There was no protest in this woman. She went to him. She goes, listen, I want to thank you so much, she said. She goes, you don't understand. My son lately has been blackmailing me. Every time I go to the supermarket, he makes these unreasonable requests. And if I don't give it to him, he threatens that he will take off all his clothes in front of everybody. She goes, you're the first one who called his bluff. She goes, and you wouldn't believe the change in him just from yesterday. See, we live in a society that the world tells you, you do whatever is necessary to get your own way. Jesus' way is this. Submit to one another in the fear of Christ. That's God's way. This word submit... Uh, it actually is a military term. Uh, it's made up of two words, uh, one word meaning arrange and another word meaning under. And so it literally means to arrange yourself under the authority that God has put in your life. It's uh, synonymous with obedience. Okay? It means to obey. To, uh, In the most general sense of the word, it means to yield to another's admonition, to another's advice. In Scripture, it appears in the context describing servanthood, humility, respect, reverence, honor, teachableness, and openness. What I want to do is I just want to look at, you know, biblically here, um, what, what is involved with submission. Um, kind of give us a, an overview here of what it, what it means to submit. To be in subjection. Uh, one of the things is right here in this context that we have here is that every spirit-filled Christian should be a submissive Christian. Every spirit-filled Christian needs to be a submissive Christian. Okay. You see, since God has ordained certain spheres of authority in which we are to submit, if we are submissive to the Holy Spirit, 
we will be submissive to these God-ordained authorities. But you can't. You can't submit to whatever authorities God has placed in your life if you are not first submissive to God himself, right? If you are not first filled uh, with the Holy Spirit. But not only that, God, this is important for us to understand, God has ordained authority and submission to accomplish his own purposes. Let's say that again. Listen, God, it's not like he just said, hey, listen, I'm going to decide to have these people submit to these people and and just because that's the way I want it. God has set up a structure in order to accomplish what he wants to do. It's just like uh, this project here, right, that, that we're working on. I try to stay out of it as much as I can, but I hear things every now and then, right, is that when you want to do a job like this, right, there's usually a contractor that you hire, right? And that contractor is the authority on this project. But a lot of times that contractor, right, when it comes to the electrical or the plumbing or whatever else, they're going to hire subcontractors, right, who they also have people that work under them to accomplish this project. Right? If any one of those people at any point come outside of what is expected, then the job doesn't get done, does it? Same thing with God. God has ordained authority and submission in order to accomplish his purpose. He's got a job. He's got something that he wants to do. And it's going to get done. But not only that, right, is God has ordained authority and submission, right, for your own blessing and for your own protection. That's why God has ordained that, right? When everyone does what they're supposed to do, it is for the overall good of those who are in authority, namely God. But, of course, the blessing uh, and the protection is for you as well. Even the Trinity, right? When we, the, when we talk about subjection and submission, it just, it, it's just a nasty word. It's such a nasty word, and yet we see it in the Godhead. We see in the actual Trinity, we see subjection. We see that the Lord Jesus is in subjection to the Father. We see that the Holy Spirit is in subjection to the Son and the Father. And yet all of them are God. One in essence. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 28 says, When all things are subjected to Him, then the Son Himself, will be subjected to the one who subjected everything to him, so that God may be all in all. In John chapter 14, verse 26, it says, The Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything, and will cause you to remember everything I said to you. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. He'll speak whatever he hears, and will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will receive from me what is mine and will tell it to you. That's the Godhead, everybody. That's the Lord Jesus talking about the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit can't do anything unless Jesus tells him to. Does he cease from being God? No. So we see it even in the Trinity. I think it's important for us to understand, too, when it comes to submission that God has ordained and instituted all authority. All of it. Every authority that is in your life right now, we're going to get into this, God has ordained it. God has allowed it, and He has instituted it. In Romans chapter 13, it says, Let every person be subject to governing authorities. Listen to this. It says, For there is no authority 
except by God's appointment. And the authorities that exist have been instituted by God. Does that, does that mean Trump? Yeah, it does. Does that mean uh, the, the, the guy there from North Korea? Yeah. Let me give you a worse one. How about Nero? During the time when this is written. Yeah. Yeah. God has ordained those people in those places. God has instituted those authorities. And there's an important thing, too, when it comes to submission and authority. To resist God-given authority means to thwart God's purpose and protection in your own life. If you refuse to submit to the authorities that God has ordained and instituted in your own life, you are thwarting God's purpose and your own protection in your own life. Romans chapter 13, verse 2 says this, So the person who resists such authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will incur judgment. Brothers and sisters, that's how it started. right? Satan. (laughs) Satan would not subject himself to God. He said, no, no, no. I'm going to come out from under where I'm supposed to be. I want to be like the Most High God. Right? He would not submit. And so what does he do? He comes down here to the earth. Right? And he gets Eve to come out from under where she's supposed to be. She was supposed to be in subjection to her husband. And instead... Satan said to her, hey, listen, make your own decision. Listen, be your own authority. And ever since then, that is what Satan is trying to tell you. That is what the world is trying to tell you today is, listen, make your own decisions. Listen, be your own authority. Don't listen to those authorities that God has instituted, that God has ordained. Be your own authority. And the effects have been devastating because of that. God's purposes have been thwarted. And many people lose their protection because they step out from under a God-ordained authority. And so God has actually ordained authority in seven areas. There are seven areas where God has ordained authority. And the first one is this, submission to God. That's an easy one, right? Okay, James chapter four, verse seven says this, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you, but submit to God. Okay, that's the first ordained authority that God has established. Each and every one of us are to submit to God. We recognize that he is the authority in our lives, right? Jesus Christ is Lord. What does that mean to you? Right? Is Jesus Christ really the Lord of everything in your life? Do you submit everything in your life to Him? Every part of your being, every part of your life is in subjection to God and what He wants, what He says. So I said, even now as we're talking about this, it's funny, uh, I love doing this, is that I, I went around this morning and I was telling people what the topic was today. And it was interesting, the reactions of people. You know, listen, it, it, it's, so, it's, a, it's a topic that it's a negatively perceived, right? It really is. But, you know, one of the things I would encourage you with is that, again, this is a God idea. This is God's idea, submission, right? Don't, don't let what the world has corrupted when it comes to submission affect how you view submission, right? Submit yourself to God. Submit yourself to God's word. And these other things, you know, we can... 
we can figure them out. Right? So that's one of the uh, uh, ordained authorities. The second one is we are to submit to governing leaders. We are to submit to governing leaders. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 and 14, it says this, Be subject to every human institution for the Lord's sake, whether to a king as supreme or to governors as those he commissions to punish wrongdoers and praise those who do good. As it just mentioned here, presidents, governors, congressmen, police officers, right? All these people God has instituted in your life, right? And we are to submit to them. We are in subjection to them. That's one of the um, uh, areas where God has ordained authority. The third one, submission to church leaders. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says this, Obey your leaders and submit to them. 1 Peter chapter 5, it says, In the same way, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, it says, I urge you also to submit to people like this and to everyone who cooperates in the work and labors hard. God has set up a hierarchy even in the church. There is an authority that God has instituted and that we are to submit to. We are to submit to leaders in the church. And then we get into uh, three more here. And it's actually in the context of Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, submission to uh, wives to husbands, submission of children to parents, and submission of workers to employers or slaves to their masters. Like I said, I was trying to wonder, I was trying to figure out why is it that um, it, it seems like almost nothing arouses more angry protest than the talk of subjection. It does. When you talk about subjection, it, it, it arouses a pretty angry protest from people. And I thought about that is that, you know, we live in an age of liberation, um, not least for women, children, and slaves. Right? I, I want us to understand that I acknowledge this morning, and we should all acknowledge that women in many cultures have been exploited, treated like servants, that children are suppressed, they're squashed. Children should be seen and not heard. I acknowledge all that. Right? Workers are unjustly treated. Right? The, the appalling injustices and barbarities of slavery. I acknowledge that. But I, I want us to understand this, is that nothing in these verses is inconsistent with true liberation of human beings from humiliation, exploitation, and oppression. I acknowledge that. There are those who have been free from that, and there are those who are still going through that. They deal with that. But when I think of just the, the oppression, right, that have been made on women over the years, and on children, and on slaves, or workers, and things like that, I thought, that liberation that some of them do get to enjoy today, who ultimately is that from? That's from the Lord Jesus. When, when Jesus was here on this earth, and there was no one more radical than him. Jesus was the first to come in and say, hey, listen. Let the children come unto me. 
Forbid them not. He was the first one to say, hey, listen, men, women, you're both joint heirs with Christ. When it comes to salvation, there is now no male, no female, slave, nor free, Jew, nor Greek. The Lord Jesus understands that. He acknowledged that. And He set those people free. But listen, submission to husbands, submission to parents, submissions to your masters or employers, it does not contradict the fundamental attitudes of Jesus. So we get to wives, submit to your husbands, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Slaves, obey your human masters with fear and trembling in the sincerity of your heart as to Christ. So of these six of the seven that we've already talked about, um, we're called to submit, right? We are called to be submissive, to be in subjection, right? What are some practical ways that I do that, right? What, what does it mean to submit to those uh, God-ordained authorities in my life? And so, for me, just practically, I thought of maybe three or four here that might help us at least try to understand, okay, what does that look like? The first one I have is this. We live in a society now where it's easier to ask for permission, I mean forgiveness, sorry, than to ask for permission. People don't check in anymore. They don't check in with their authority. Like, they don't ask. I don't understand that. I think that's just one practical way that you can be in subjection. Um, just uh, this week, um, someone had asked Amy if she could pick up Esther today. My wife would love to pick up Esther. She wanted to pick up Esther. But you know what she did, which I thought was great? And she checked in with me. Sent me a text and said, hey, listen, Esther needs a ride. Can I pick up Esther on Sunday? All right? Now, part of you might be thinking, well, maybe she just wanted to know if you had some other plans or this and that. And certainly that may have been some of my But I also appreciate the fact that my wife checked in with me to see what I thought, right? That maybe I'd say, hey, listen, you know what? I'm speaking on Sunday um, to go get Esther. It's just a little too much on, on Sunday. You know, remember, we do have eight children. We've got to get ready to get out the door, right? But we don't ask anymore. We don't ask. It's amazing to me how many people, um, I'll put it this way. We, as leaders here at Brantford, you would not believe how much we appreciate when someone asks us something. They say, hey, listen, I'm thinking about doing this. Is that okay with you guys? And we always say, of course it is. It's fine. But we're like, man, that was nice. That was nice if someone just wanted to check in with us. Whereas many other times, people just do whatever they want, and we're the last ones to know. Oh, you guys didn't know that this was happening? Nope. Nobody asked us. And here's the thing we try to say all the time. We're not, we're not saying ask us for permission. We're saying ask us so that we know what's going on. It's just courtesy of someone who's in authority, someone who's God put into that leadership, is that it's just courtesy. Right? I see it at my work all the time. Okay? My boss, I don't do anything without checking in with him. Nothing. Even if I think, you know what, I see all the other teachers, they do it without asking him. I still ask him because he's my boss. I'm in subjection to him. Okay? Parents, all of us love when kids just check in with us. My kids are at that age now. They're teenagers. Okay? 
They were they told us they were going somewhere. They went there and now some time had gone by and we hadn't heard anything. So find out is that they decide, okay, from there we're gonna go to Dunkin' Donuts. I said, No, 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 no. That ain't gonna happen again. <laughs> Next time all you gotta do is say, Hey, can we go to Dunkin' Donuts? And guess what I would have said? Absolutely. Okay? But don't be doing this stuff without checking in. Check in. Okay? And so that's one way that you can be submissive. And again, it applies wherever you're at today. So wives or children or people who are working for someone or those of you that are going to this church, apply to it wherever you're at. Okay? So that's one thing you can do. Two, and by the way, certainly got to do that without verses here. Here's what the Lord Jesus says. The Lord Jesus I do nothing on my own initiative. Wow. <laughs> Look what Jesus didn't say, hey, listen, God's placed all things on my feet. I'm going to do what I want. He did nothing without checking in with the Father. Nothing. He says, I do nothing on my own initiative. In fact, two different places in Scripture, he says that. So if you have a, a God-ordained authority in your life, don't do anything without checking in with them. Just check in. That's all. Just ask. Secondly, when you are asked to do something, just obey. Just obey. It's amazing to me. My principal has been sending an email almost every week, and he tells my fellow colleagues, hey, listen, your job is to take lunch count and to do attendance. And we need to have the attendance submitted before 930 Every single week, he writes the same thing. Please, just the other day, something came up, and we needed to know who was here, and we didn't because some of you did not put in your attendance. Can you please put your attendance in by 9.30 the next week? Can you please put your attendance? I'm like, what is wrong with these people? Just obey. It's your job. Your boss is telling you to do something, and nobody even fears it. Nobody thinks, hey, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, something could happen. They just do whatever they want to do. We do not want to submit to our authority. And it's very simple. If someone, a God-ordained authority that God has instituted in your life, if they're asking you to do something, just do it. Just do it. I don't understand it. I feel like sometimes even church leaders, if they want to get the saints to do something, tell them not to do it. And then they'll do it. (laughs) <laughs> it's in our nature. I love how we label kids today with oppositional defiancy disorder. That's everybody. That's everybody. It's in your nature. Our fallen condition is you want to do the opposite of what the authority of God has placed in your life says to do. Here's another big one, I think, when it comes to submission. Stop talking negatively about those who are in authority. Stop talking about Trump. It's really disturbing to hear Christians talk about people that God has instituted. God has put those in those places and to hear Christians talk negatively about them. Man, the Bible says you should be praying for them, not criticizing them, not talking about them with your friends. Your boss. Stop talking negatively about your boss. And I'm not saying that your boss doesn't deserve it. Okay? But you, one way that you are subjection to him as unto the Lord is, listen, don't talk negatively about them. And wives, I'm sorry. Okay? There's never a place for you to talk negatively about your husband. 
Never. You might be right in what you're saying, and at that moment, <laughs> can't help it, but to publicly shame your husband is an atrocity. Not because of him. Okay? Please don't misunderstand me. Okay? You respect your husband because of the position God gave him, not because of his performance. If you had to respect us based on our performances, <laughs> you wouldn't have to respect us. Okay? God has asked you to do that because of the position God has given us. Don't talk negatively about those whom God has put authority in your lives. In fact, Romans chapter 13, verse 7 says this, Give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Are you giving respect and honor when you complain or talk negatively about them? Just one more here is this. One way that you can be submissive, right, be in subjection, is to do it joyfully. Do it joyfully. The context here is very interesting, right? Is that here's the results of a spirit-filled life. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Making melody, singing, giving thanks. Guys, the context here is someone, they're joyful. They're joyful. Okay? When you submit to your boss, when you submit to your husband, when you submit to your parents, when you submit to the church leaders, do it joyfully. Do it joyfully. Again, not because... They're ruling so well or they're leading so well, okay, because chances are they're not. But do it because God tells you to. This verse 21 here is a continuation of the results of a spirit-filled life, which includes joyful singing and heartfelt thanks. Listen, God has our good in view, and submission to authority is ultimately submission to the Lord himself, Right? says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as to the Lord. Children, obey your parents in light. Uh, obey your uh, parents, right? For this is right. Um, what does it say? Obey in the Lord, right? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Slaves, right? It says, slaves, be obedient as to Christ. Right? Ultimately, you're not submitting to those people. In this, so you're submitting to the Lord. Right? So do it joyfully. I still remember, and, I, and my wife goes, I think you've shared this story before, and but it goes with this. So, is um, one of the first times we went to Disney World. We went there, and we got to a point where we had the little ones. Uh, they got to go back with Meme and Pepe, and it was just me, Amy, Liddy, and Trey. And I don't know if you are familiar with the the flume. Is that what it's called? The flume. It's this ride where really you're just sitting on a raft, but at the very end there's a very long drop. And my son all day had said that he did not want to go on there. He was terrified, and I thought it'd be good for him to go on this, this ride. So as soon as we got rid of the little kids, well, plus the other thing too is the lines were, were crazy that day. So we went back there at night and sure enough, the lines were down. And so we get in line and my, my son keeps saying to my wife, mommy, is this, is this the one? Is this the one with the big drop? And, and she's just sitting there. I don't know exactly what she said to him, but I do remember uh, being in line and my wife, after listening to my son worry, um, say, listen, I just want you to know that I'm being submissive to you right now. I thought about that, and I thought, actually, if you were being submissive, you wouldn't have said anything. Right? And there's some truth to that, right? Don't, don't submit at, at a spite. Don't submit and be resentful about it, okay? Be joyful in that. Like, even though it may be difficult, right, I knew that once we went down and it was true, my daughter my son, they loved it. They couldn't wait to go on it again, okay? Is that in that moment, I had to be a dad and say, listen, you're coming, right? Even if we had to deceive them a little bit, 
you know, getting them on that ride. But listen, uh, as we are submitting to those who are in authority, we need to do it joyfully. Now, there's a seventh one here, which is very interesting. As I was studying this, um, I'm not even sure how convinced I am of this. Is this verse that we're reading, verse 21, it says, Submitting to one another in the fear of Christ. There are three interpretations of this. Uh, one of them is the fact that, okay, because it says submit to one another in the fear of Christ, then therefore you can throw out any kind of hierarchy that God has in the church, in the home, at work, and that is bogus. Okay, No, there is a hierarchy. God has, as we, as we just looked at, instituted authorities in our lives, God-ordained authorities. So that doesn't work. The second one is what we just said, that maybe this is just a topic sentence for what Paul was going to be introducing regarding Christian marriage, the Christian home, um, and certainly some of the things that we just talked about, uh, certainly I would, I would agree with this, is that uh, when we submit to one another in the fear of Christ, these are the six ordained areas where God calls us to submit to one another. But then there's this one other view, which I don't mind, is that the fact that there is this sense of mutual submission amongst one another, um, a, a mutual submission in the body of Christ. And so if in fact... There is a legitimate sense in which we are to submit to one another. It does not negate the other God-given areas of authority. I want to make sure I make that clear. Okay? All right? It does not negate those other God-given areas of authority. Rather, okay, it means that we are to set aside all self-seeking and selfish assertiveness and humbly serve one another in love. This idea of mutual submissiveness. It implies taking on the mindset of a servant, right? Where instead of expecting others to cater to you and your needs, you look out for and seek to meet their needs. Right? In fact, you can see that in these examples that, um, that Paul mentions. So it says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands, right? Um, as to the Lord. And then what does it say after that? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself. Wait a minute. That's contrary to someone who's in authority. They don't give themselves to someone who's underneath them, right? Because in God's equation here, yes. So the husband is in authority over the wife, but we also mutually submit to one another in the sense that the husband, right, serves his wife in love. He gives himself to her, right, as Christ gave himself to the church, right? Same with elders, Right? Elders, we're actually called to serve in love. Right? Even though God has given elders the authority, right? They're called to serve the saints. It's interesting. Right? Parents do that all the time, right? We as parents, we serve our children. Right? Even though we're in authority over them, we give of ourselves to our children because we love them. And so there is this mutual submission in the body of Christ. And of course, the supreme example of this is the Lord Jesus. Okay? Remember the Lord Jesus. He says something very interesting in John chapter 13. He says, I know that the Father has given all things to me. Okay? Father's given me anything. So that shows you that he has what? Authority. Right? Je- Jesus acknowledges right there that I have authority. In fact, later on he says, you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so. I am your Lord and teacher, he says. But you know what he does? He washes their feet. He literally removes his outer garments. He girds himself with a towel, and he starts washing these guys' filthy feet. He went from their rabbi, one having authority, 
right, to now a servant washing their feet. And let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, this is important. When the Lord Jesus washed their feet, when he bowed down in front of them and took that nasty, dirty water and he washed their feet, he did not relinquish his authority for one moment. Not once did he relinquish his authority. He still was their rabbi. He still was in authority over them, even though he submitted himself to serving them. Jesus did not demand his rights, right? He did not lead by dominating others. Right? In Philippians chapter 2, right? It says that we are to give preference to another, right? That we're actually to think more highly of other people than ourselves. Right? That we're not to do anything out of selfish ambition or conceit, right? But in lowliness of mind, consider others but ourselves. And after he says that, right, he says, this is the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. The Lord Jesus had the exact same mindset when he was here on this earth. But that did not relinquish his authority for one moment, even though he submitted himself to those whom he served. In fact, Jesus says then this, he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you, he says. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, Paul does something very interesting. Paul himself, right, in Acts chapter 21, he he comes in and... uh, the the uh, the people there they're talking to Paul about uh, there are those who are coming to to be saved and uh, when Paul gets there it says um, they talk to him and pretty much they're telling him listen um, there are those Jews who are still who are getting saved but they're still going through the ceremonies they're still going through the purification and all these things and when Paul comes and says what then the assembly must certainly meet. For they will hear that you have come. Therefore, do what we tell you. <laughs> Interesting. This is Paul they're talking to. He says, we have four men who have taken a vow. Take them and be purified with them. Pay their expenses so that they may share, shave their heads, that they all may know that those things of which they were informed concerning you are nothing, but that you yourself also walk orderly and keep the law. There was people going around saying, well, listen, Paul, Paul's saying that you don't have to do this stuff anymore. So these guys, when they see them, oh, we're so glad you're here. Listen, there's people out here who are getting saved and and they're hearing from other people that you're saying, hey, listen, you don't have to take these vows anymore. You don't have to shave your head. You don't have to go through this this ceremony of purification, which was true. Paul was saying you don't have to do that anymore. But they say here, listen, so, so do what we tell you. Take these four men that we have right now and we want you to go with them and you guys all shave your heads, purify yourselves, take the vow again. What does Paul do? He did it. Like, Paul, what are you doing? Like, it was completely contrary to what he was telling them. We read uh, later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 why Paul did that. He says, listen, I have become all things to all men. For the sake of what? For the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Christ. You know, there are some kinds, guys, listen, that we need to submit ourselves to one another. Okay? It does not mean that we suppress the truth does not mean that we um, compromise when it comes to those things. But there are times when we have to sit back and say, listen, is this a big deal? 
you know, Paul shaved his head. And you don't even realize that this whole purification, this vow, is expensive. Paul paid for it all. He paid for the whole thing. It says right here, it says, and you pay their expenses. Why would Paul subject himself to that? As you understand this concept of, listen, be submissive to one another in the fear of Christ. You see, and that, that's our motive for submission, right? Our motive for submission to human authorities is the fear of Christ. What do I mean by that? Well, it's reverence for the one who has the authority. <laughs> right? As you understand that Jesus is the authority, right? That give me Jesus, right? You can have the, everything else, just give me Jesus. When you come to recognize that fully in your life and you revere the Lord Jesus as the ultimate authority, well, then you can submit to the human authorities that God has set. Right? It's the awe of knowing that God has placed all things under his feet. You see, our fallen nature is not inclined to submission. We're just not inclined to do so. Right? Even as believers, we have a strong propensity to resist authority. As was interesting during our obedience song that we sang. Okay? All right, you guys are going to stand up. No, okay, all right. Okay? Listen, we don't like to be told what to do. We don't like it. And so listen, it's so important for us to understand that we must first and foremost bow before the Lord Jesus. You, 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 can't, you can't apply any of these things that we're talking about if you first don't bow to the Lord Jesus and submit to Him. You see, when we fear Him, then we can more easily submit to the various fears of human authority that He has ordained for our good. So, i got some hard questions for you as we leave this morning. Are you a submissive person? Don't answer. Don't answer. Right. Are you a submissive person? And more importantly, are you submitting daily to Jesus as Lord of everything in your life? Are you submitting yourself daily to Him? Daily. And then, if you can answer that question truthfully, then we have to ask you this. Are you submitting to the government in obedience to Christ? Are you? And we talked about all what that means. Right? Are you submitting to the government? Are you submitting to the leadership of Brantford Bible Chapel? As a wife, are you submitting to your husband? Children, are you submitting to your parents? Workers, are you submitting to your employer? And for all of us, right? are you submitting to others in selfless service for Christ's sake? giving others preference. If you are filled with the Spirit, your relationships should be marked by joyful submission to others out of a fear of Christ. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you again for your Son, the Lord Jesus. We thank you for his example. Help us to submit ourselves daily to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, with everything in our lives. Lord Jesus, thank you again for your example, that even though all things had been given to you, even though you had authority over everything and everyone, you still submitted yourself to your disciples and washed their feet. We're so thankful for just the example that you are. Uh, help us to humble ourselves. Um, Lord God, 
certainly, I would just pray again. I know that uh, there are uh, God-ordained uh, authorities in our lives uh, that are hard to submit to. Uh, there have been those authorities that uh, institute in our lives that perhaps have been abusive. Um, there are those that have been uh, unruly, um, those who are selfish and self-seeking. Um, God, I certainly pray for those. And uh, certainly pray that uh, that you would do a work in their lives and, and uh, be able to make even submission to that authority just a little bit easier today. Lord God, for we know that uh, these authorities are, are not placed, they, placed there based on their performance, but just by your um, sovereignty, um, by your ordination. Um, and so we just, uh, again, would pray that uh, if you spoke to us this morning, that if we heard the voice of God, that we would not harden our hearts this morning, that we would be able to take something from this, and, 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 and God, that you would be able to continue to speak to us, even as we leave here through this week, of areas that we still need to submit. And uh, so we ask these things that your son would be glorified in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.